Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome, welcome to T25 Silver Entertainment, Galaxy Talk Radio United. We stand as the name of my show, and I'm your host, Galaxy Chief, Andre Ward. It's Saturday, March 7th, 2020. The time is currently 10 a.m. here on the West Coast. Let's go over some temperatures throughout the world. It's 52 degrees here in the Oakland, San Francisco Bay Area, 57 in our sister city, Los Angeles, 52 in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, 41 in New York City, 55 in London, 88 in Lagos, Nigeria, and 75 in Nairobi, Kenya. And just to let you know a little bit about us and who we are, I go through this exercise through every show so I can warm my vocal cords up. T25CL Entertainment is your platform for digital entertainment. Please listen to our 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week radio show featuring jazz, R&B, blues, hip-hop, gospel, and international music. Check out the many music artists with available CDs for downloading to your listening devices. We have four radio talk shows. On Monday, we have Compton Politics with Lorenzo Murphy. On Tuesday, we have The Mothership with Dr. Ninana Kwaku. And on Wednesday, we have The Star of United We Stand, Ross and Jordan Mills and Rosin's Corner. And on Saturdays, my show, United We Stand, with yours truly. Check out our website for times and login information for each of our shows. We here at Galaxy Talk Radio are not professional broadcasters. We offer a platform for independent artists, filmmakers, and writers to advertise what they do and for the listening audience to call in and meet our artists as well as expressing themselves on what is going on in the world. As you know, my show, United We Stand, was named after our film, United We Stand. But the intent was to bring attention to the Black economy on a global basis. Our intent is to reach across America and across the globe to build a universal economy and to make new trading partners abroad. And as I have said before, our spending capacity here in the United States is about $1.3 trillion annually, would be the equivalent to the seventh greatest economy in the world. The problem is the circulation of, of our wealth in our communities and with other Black-owned businesses in the United States and Black-on-Black corporate crime. When dollars are not recirculated and invested in the community, we have business failures and massive unemployment as we do today. Please visit our website at www.t25co.com. Listen to the free 30-second clip of our music artists, such as Charles Small, Brenda Lee Edgar, Mark Allen Felton, Ross and Jordan Mills, Enzo Merrick, Byron Edwins, Hunt Brownie, Cartier Jonez, and Mr. Gates, Kimba, Young Bobby and Lexi, Wally Taylor, Jet Willis, 
Cleveland Jones and the Five Tempting Men and Leroy Wainwright. Check out the Care Choice trailer and rent the film. For those of you listening on our website, if you want to call in and ask questions or make comments, call 605-562-0444 and our show code is 139-283 or log in by our website and you can view the broadcast on your computer. Just set up a username and ID for yourself and you can come on the computer and you can see the show live on the board. Okay. Let's get into our topic today. Our topic today is save the world. And if you saw my little teaser that I um, put out there, and so, you know, uh, there's been a lot of stuff going on in the news today. And that's affecting the entire planet. Lives are being changed around. So let's kind of get into all this stuff. <clears throat> Viruses, stock market crashing, corporate resignations, quarantines, money, monetary reforms. Is there a planned relationship, a pre-planned relationship between all three of these? Now, what I'm going to get into is some very deep stuff. And I just want to say that these are the things that, that are out there. And if you can do your research and your homework, you can see where we're coming from. And these, by no means, are imagination or, or comments of uh, T25CL Entertainment, Galaxy Talk Radio, or any of our sponsors and or, or their, our pit partners or associates. Is stuff that is going on in the world right now that you can look for and find out for yourself if you dig hard enough. In the news over the past month, we have been hearing that the stock market is losing a trillion dollars. That's trillion, T, trillion dollars a day. Over the past few months, we have been seeing in the news of high-profile sex crimes. Epstein, Weinstein, politicians, business leaders, newscasters, and entertainers. In addition, we have been hearing of corporate CEO resignations and even sudden deaths of business leaders and entertainers. We have been hearing for years of a pending global monetary change of 209 countries moving to a gold-backed currency and on the path to financial parity with these currencies and their respective countries. We have been hearing for years that when the world goes to the gold standard and, and the currencies revalued, that there would be martial law initiated by the president of the United States. Also not in the news as yet, there are over 144,000 federal indictments ready to be opened that will contain the names of politicians, business leaders, entertainers, and media personnel. Why did Chris Matthews suddenly resign? That now leads us to our current situation of a global pandemic with the coronavirus. Now, like I said, there are things out there in writing that you can dig and see for yourself. Dean Koontz, who is a very famous and accomplished writer, 
wrote in a book, in his book, The Eyes of Darkness, published May 10th, 1981. A Chinese scientist by the name of Li Chen defected to the United States carrying a diskette record of China's most important and dangerous biological weapon in a decade. They called the stuff Wuhan 400 because it was created at their RDNA, research development uh, laboratories, labs, outside the city of Wuhan in China. And it was the 400 biological strain of man-made microorganisms created at that research center. Wuhan 400 is a perfect weapon. It afflicts only human beings. No other living creatures can carry it. And like syphilis, Warham 400 can't live outside the human body no longer than a minute, which means that it can't permanently contaminate objects or entire places the way anthrax and other virulent microorganisms can. And when the host expires, the Wu-Tan 400 inside him perishes a short while later as soon as the temperature in the host drops below 86 degrees Fahrenheit. Do you see the correlation in all of this? Crooked and lying leadership of this world does not want to go down without a fight. On another note, on March 6, 1857, in the Dred Scott versus Sanford, United States, Supreme Court ruled that black people were not American citizens and could not sue in courts of law. The court ruled against Dred Scott, an enslaved black man who tried to sue for his freedom. For years before this case began, Dred Scott was enslaved by Dr. John Emerson, a military physician who traveled and resided in several states and territories where slavery was illegal. Always accompanied by Dred Scott, Dr. Emerson eventually took Mr. Scott back to Missouri, where slavery was legal. When Dr. Emerson died in 1843, Mr. Scott was still enslaved. After Dr. Emerson's death, Dred Scott and his wife Harriet sought freedom in Missouri state courts. The Scots argued that their prior residence in free territories had voided their enslavement. The Missouri Supreme Court ruled against the Scots and authorized Dr. Emerson's widow, Irene, to continue to own them. When Irene Emerson later gave her estate, including the Scots, to her brother, John Sanford, Dred Scott brought suit in federal court. Written by Chief Justice Roger B. Taney, the United States Supreme Court's Dred Scott decision held that the Fifth Amendment did not allow federal government to deprive a citizen of property, including enslaved people, without due process of law. This ruling kept the Scots legally enslaved, validated the Missouri Compromise, and reopened the question of slavery's expansion into the territories. The resulting legal uncertainty greatly increased sectional tensions between northern and southern states and pushed the nation forward on the path towards civil war. Unable to win liberty in the courts, Dredd and Harriet Scott were freed 
by a subsequent owner a few months later after the decision. Dred Scott died just months later of tuberculosis while Harriet Scott lived until 1876. Before we go to the board, I want to extend happy birthday wishes for two of my longtime and favorite friends, Rosalind Jordan Mills, the star of United We Stand, and Gina Jackson, both born on March 6th. Also, we lost another uh, great musician in the in industry, uh, McCoy Tyner. We uh, play his music all the time on T25CO Radio, a great artist who played with the best. And now I want to bring on my co-host, Dr. Kweku, but I see we've lost him. I know you didn't, brother. I'm here. Uh-oh. He says you left You lost, left the call. Right. Oh, oh, no. I, I went through. I finally got through on the back-to-school thing. Oh, okay. Hotel, brother. Hotel. Hotel, man. Yeah, I, I see you got a lot of great topics here to talk about, but, uh, you know, uh, that's another thing I want to I wanna throw out to you. I've been hearing a lot about it. I've been getting a lot of messages about this whole uh, coronavirus thing and how it's a, it's an impetus for them to to limit our ability to move around. This thing, uh, according to some people, that they think it's going to go into the election time in November. And the objective is to keep people, uh, they're going to almost be quarantined inside of their houses. So people will not be coming out to the polls and all these kind of things. I was just looking at the news and there was like thousands of people in Houston lined up for six and seven hours trying to get the vote. And this is something that they are drastically trying to uh, decrease the turnout for voting. So what do you think about that? That uh... Well, here, here's what's happening, brother. And I've been up since uh, 4 o'clock this morning preparing for the show and getting information and just listening to things last night and getting uh, blasts on my phone. Here's, here's all the things that's getting ready to jump off. The NBA put out a blast uh, this morning that uh, maybe not this weekend. They probably, because they want to make some money off that game tomorrow with the Lakers and the Clippers. They're going to still have the games for the rest of the year, but they're not going to have any people in the audience. Mm -hmm. You won't be able to buy a ticket and go to any of the basketball games. Also, uh, a music concert was canceled in Miami, and more music concerts are getting ready to be postponed, and uh, and they're going to be uh, doing live streams of uh, music concerts. Also, Microsoft employees and other companies now are uh, sending their employees home. Either you can work from home or you're just going to lose time off of work. A friend of mine called me yesterday. Her husband, a friend of hers, said her husband had died, and so she wanted to get away. And so she went out and went on this cruise, and she's on this boat that stuck out there on the other side of the Golden Gate Bridge. You got a 1,000 people on a boat out there just laying there on a cruise ship 
and came to a daggum thing. And the reports I heard this morning was that the, they were confined to their cabin. They couldn't even, they can't even go out to cabin. And those rooms are not that big on those boats. And so it's just like being in a jail cell because all you got is a bed and a, and a bathroom in those rooms. And these people just got to sit parked right out there in the ocean. And now it's drizzly and raining and cold out there and you can find to a little bitty um, uh, cabin on the boat. And now all these other things now, you can't touch an elevator button. You shouldn't be shaking hands. Don't touch your face. Definitely don't touch your eyes. Is is uh, Costco running out of toilet paper? Also, um, uh, you can't part, you can't buy over five bottles of water. That one cat called into a, a radio show um, uh, last night and said they wouldn't let him buy over five like, bottles or five cases of water at Costco and security had to come and detain him because he was fussing so much. Oh, and, and restaurants attendants, especially Chinese restaurants, people are not going to the Chinese restaurant. Man, it's, it has started a whole, whole pandemic of, of the way how people are operating in their lifestyles right now. And what this is doing is, is really a pandemic martial law that is, is coming to effect. And, and you're basically, because it's like I said in, in my monologue, that it has always been said for years, I've been hearing this for over five years, that when the world goes to a gold-backed currency, and then there's a, a, a revaluation of currencies in the world, that they're going to sneak this in overnight and a lot of the people won't know about it. And then that's going to start a whole lot of problems. But now here is a way how all of that can be ushered in simultaneously, utilizing this virus that uh, Dean Koontz mentioned in his book. And this book was written when? In 1981. And there was another page in the book when he said that this disease was going to be released in the year 2020. I saw it the other night in the book. Mm. So brother, they plan all this stuff out strategically. Then there is a real battle going on in this world right now. And realistically, it's a battle of good and evil. There's actually, as you know, we've been seeing evil in, especially in this country for the past 400 years. And now there's a faction of good people in the process of eradicating the power of the bad people. That's why you saw all this stuff with Brexit in England, uh, all this stuff bus coming down on the Pope now and uh, with all the pedophiles in the in the Catholic Church. And, and, and what I'm hearing is that forces have been sent into Germany to confiscate the monies of the, the Rothschilds and all of the 
the, the, the rich people of the world who've been controlling the world for years. And they're going into the Vatican, they're shutting all that down as well. And this is why they shut the queen down. And that's why the grandson bounced out of there with that sister, went to England, because he didn't want no more of that, that madness that was going on there at the palace. And so, brother, there is so much stuff that is happening in this world, and a lot of people don't see it. If you research, you can find these things. But stuff is happening, and and a lot of the elites. Uh, I was looking at MSNBC on Monday when Chris Matthews just resigned right there on the spot. That was one of the damnest things I've I've never have seen that in television history. I mean, usually when somebody uh, retires or something like that, they do a little tear-jerking thing at the end of the show. But he did it right there in the opening segment. But did you? But did you hear that there was some reports of some sexual uh, statements he's made toward women and all this kind of stuff? Did you hear that? I, I already didn't know it about that. They, they, oh yeah, his yeah, name was on the list. I saw his name on a list as it pertains to uh, uh, pedophilia and sex crimes. Yeah, it so was, I saw that's it. I, yeah, he. Uh, yeah, that, that that was really strange. But the the thing of it is, is that all of the things, all of the things that you brought up, uh, you know, they are they are real. But you know, my thing is, especially when you're dealing with this so-called uh, coronavirus, is is the people who are are they doing a scorched earth thing? Because there's no way you can allow something like this to get out there, and everybody not be affected by it. You know. Well, you know, in East Georgia, there's something there called the Georgia Guidestones. On the Georgia Guidestones, it is written that, you know, because there's about, what, six billion people on the planet. Mm-hmm. On the Georgia Guidestones, said that we're going to kill off, and I'm paraphrasing, um, uh, the population of the planet, and we're going to leave 500,000. There'll be 500,000 survivors from this destruction is and that's earth high possibility that they are going in for and see now i'm getting into my opinions right now and uh and you know that these are sort of things that you see in motion pictures and and things like that Whereas uh, where there's a planned eradication of the planet that uh, the data Earth stood still, that the second one with Keanu Reeves in it, uh, they they did it in in that one where they just came in and just just started wiping the planet out, man. And you know there's and I, I hate to get into things that 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 are not easily referenced, but but brother, there is. Let me just say this. Let me let me talk to the Christians for a minute. You know, the Christians they they go to church and they pray for the Jesus to come down and and eliminate the evil that's in the world. You have the Judgment Day, 
and then all the stuff that has happened. And then this is going to be uh, that day of reckoning that they call when the Mahdi or the Messiah comes down and gets rid of all this crap. And then we're finally going to get emancipated and we're going to be in the land of milk and honey and everything's going to be cool. And this is the, the short end of what the Christian uh, theology is saying. But, you know, the average Christian that I know, whether it's friends or family, I don't think they really take that stuff seriously in a real pejorative sense. Because if you take it in a pejorative sense, and it gets back to the, the issue that you brought up is this scorched earth and what they're saying on the on the Georgia Guidestones, the elimination of um, all these people on the planet, these evil people that are here and are just totally, totally destroying this world. And so it's, they don't take this thing seriously, but see, we talk about it here and I'm taking it in the real pejorative sense that there is an evil faction and then there's a good faction. Uh, we don't know necessarily who all the players are. And I don't want to call out names who, who I may think because you know, if they can say that I, I uh, what do you call that? When you speak ill will of somebody, you don't have a proof on them, then they can put you in court. But uh, but there, there, there is evil. We can see the evil that's out there. And then uh, but it is being eradicated. And like I said the other day, when Chris Matthews resigned, um, uh, what's his name, the head of GE, died the same day and you're finding a lot of these uh, cats that are suddenly dying you're seeing a whole lot of high profile uh, deaths that are coming up they didn't say how he died oh he just did jack welch just died and there's been a, just a lot of whole high profile people just dying Epstein, very evil dude. All of a sudden, he busted. Then he dies. Weinstein, evil cat, busted. And you'll probably hear about him dying if he's not dead already. I think didn't he just go into the hospital for some surgery or something? Well, they they diverted him. He, and when he left the court, all of a sudden, oh man, I'm not feeling too cool. Okay, mm -hmm. now we won't take you straight to jail. We let's just stop over here at the hospital. Mm -hmm. yeah. do, you, do you think all this stuff is connected? Oh yeah, that's what I put in my monologue. <laughs> you yeah. know that there is a connection with all of this, uh, mm -hmm. this virus and all this. I mean, here it is. Dean Koontz wrote about this in 1881 and said that this disease is going to be out there in the year 2020. Mm -hmm. and, and here it is, right here in front of you. And, and, and so, okay, so what what would you suggest to the listeners that they do to protect themselves while we're going through this this global crisis, so to speak? 
I would say, brother, that people need to tune in. They need to listen, not only to Galaxy Talk Radio, but listen to other radio shows to get real information. You're not going to get the information on NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox. You're not going to get the real deal. But they need to start reading. They need to start researching. You get on the internet and, and, and start sifting through things. Be cognizant of your surroundings and not be as, as risky. You, you know, get your food and supplies. I recommend uh, people going to uh, uh, Costco, a place like that, and getting some supplies because there's going to be a possibility. Uh, that you're going to be locked down in your house for maybe a, a couple of weeks, two mm. to three weeks, until all this stuff kind of settles yeah, down. But, yeah, but a, a couple of weeks is not going to really do anything to offset what's going on because uh, according to all of those health uh, specialists and scientists, that it may be a year to 18 months before they can come up with a legitimate vaccination for this stuff well, yeah, that's true. so are we going to be locked are we going to be locked in our homes for a year to 18 months uh, no you you can't you can't do it nobody can possibly do it especially right. if you have, a, have a mortgage or rent and plus the, the, the stock market would belly up i mean it, this country would be all the way it would bottom out well that's what we're waiting on is the stock market to go belly up anyway because yeah. when the stock market bellies up, that's when you reset everything to zero. And, mm -hmm. and they, you know, my background is in accounting and economics. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you value a share of stock versus, you know, based upon the uh, equity that's in a company. And that's your assets minus liabilities is equal to owner's equity. You divide that into a number of shares of stock and there's the value of your stock. But these cats now are getting out here and, and artificially valuing the stock prices. They're manipulating stock prices. I mean, look at somebody like uh, uh, Facebook. Facebook does not sell a dadgum thing. Nothing. You just have a bunch of people that sign up to get on it. They don't pay no fees. But they just get on there and just uh, say silly stuff about their families and what they did last night and, and all this stuff. Maybe then there's some good stuff out there as well, too. But they do get advertising revenue. But here's a company that's worth maybe over $100 billion, and they don't sell a damn thing. From an, <laughs> from an economic yeah. standpoint, yeah. that does not make sense. To well, me. it's not a physical commodity. Yeah. It, 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 they don't sell. They don't build anything. They don't sell anything. Right. So where does the valuation of hundreds of billions of dollars come from with this company? Now, mm. a place like Apple and Microsoft, at least they make products. Mm -hmm. Apple makes products and they sell it all over the world. So therefore, you can justify some degree of evaluation in your stock. Same thing like with Microsoft. Mm. Uh, same thing like with Twitter. 
but it don't make a damn thing. They don't make no cupcakes, brownies, or, or nothing. You get on sign up, and all of a sudden now you can go out and probably buy Twitter for what five, ten, fifteen, twenty billion dollars. Yeah, just to watch cool. somebody tweet something. So uh, I, you know, based on the information that I've been hearing and, and listening to what you have to say here, it looks like we're headed for a complete shutdown because if this virus and they have not really detected how the way different ways that it's transmitted, but I did hear them talking about anything you touch, you're talking about touching elevating buttons. You also got to talk about people who's cutting up your food, who's cutting your meat up, or if you have animals, and all this kind of stuff. So it would be almost impossible for you to protect yourself because even if you go to the store and you buy all this stuff, how do you know it hasn't been, you know, uh, touched by people who had the virus and may not even have never been tested? See, that's all a part of this thing. Just think, when you go to the fruit and vegetables uh, department in the store, all the fruit and vegetables are exposed. Yeah. And people are rubbing and touching and seeing if the fruit is soft or hard and, and all this sort of stuff. And, and uh, you, you know, the, the food is being contaminated anyway. And, and you know, even if it's not by this virus, but whatever right. is on somebody's hands is being put on the fruit and vegetables because it's all exposed. Exactly. So if this stuff is being shipped from these farms and all these ways, this stuff, there's a million chances for it to be contaminated. Of course. Yeah, I mean, even, even before this came out, the lettuce was contaminated on, from the lettuce fields. I mean, they had to recall the lettuce just a couple of months ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but this is something that's a little bit more serious. And the thing with this virus, on a surface, it doesn't live that long. On the surface of, of a yeah. solid, but it, it can live longer when it's on a food product. Yeah. It has well, something to feed on. Well, I know it's getting to be serious because I was listening to the, the, what was that? I don't know, the mayor, the governor of New York this morning. And uh, they uh, was, I mean, this guy was talking about almost like police state stuff here, because he said that people who have the virus, we expect them to quarantine themselves. But if they don't, we have ways to deal with that. And to me, that meant we would come in and, and herd you off into some tent somewhere in a field, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's... One of the things that uh, they, they have a term for that called the culling, mm. where they're going to start rounding people up like that and, and maybe even start exterminating. And see, that's one thing, you know, and here we go, making my, my comments again. Mm. If you round up thousands of contaminated people, and I've always said for years, in every major city, what do you have? You have a sports stadium. Mm -hmm. and, and, and just take a look. I've been saying this for years, even before I started uh, Galaxy Talk Radio. Just about 
every sports stadium in this country is near a railroad track. Look at the Coliseum. Right. You got the regular train track and you have BART. Yeah, look at AGT Park. <laughs> you can ship people in there by BART and, and in boxcars like they cattle. Unload mm-hmm. them at the Coliseum and throw them right out there in the where the baseball stadium is and also the old Warriors home there man you talking about now you can uh house 80 90 thousand people right there at the coliseum alone yeah you can but you don't have that many if this thing is has the potential of being as widespread as it appears they don't have enough stadiums to herd all these people into and not only that Who's going to be doing the hurting? Because let's not forget that the police and the healthcare workers, some of them have, have uh, you know, gotten the virus. So this thing is, it, the way it looks is it's uncontainable once it gets out there. Unless, yeah, they, yeah. Come up with, unless they come up with a vaccination for it. Well, and, and you heard the same thing I heard. It's going to take a year, year and a half for them to come up with that. Right. So meantime, yeah, meantime, yeah, meantime, and look at this. I was listening, I think, I don't know what it was in South Korea, where they're testing everybody. They got testing stations over testing everybody. And here in the United States of America, the richest country in the world, and they talking about they don't have like 100,000 testers. What kind of crap is that? It doesn't make any sense that these other countries are more on top of this than we are. Brother, look here, because it looks as though other people or other countries are are uh, are uh, being prepared. And but see, here's the real thing, man. Going back to Dean Koontz, he wrote this in 1981. This is 2020. That's 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. And he said. Uh, 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 one of my partners came over here the other night and showed me the excerpt from the book where it said that this is going to be released in the year of 2020. And his name is Dean Coach, you say? Dean Coots. K-O-O-N-T-Z. Oh, oh, Coots, yeah, okay. I've heard of him writing some other stuff. Yeah. yeah. And this even goes back to George Orwell. Remember that when we were young, how we studied George Orwell 1984? Right. And and we were studying that in school in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And and in and 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 the in the short end of all of that, in the 60s, they were in George Orwell's book, they you know, you're going to have these big flat screen television and it's going to be in all your home. And then Big Brother would be watching you through the television screen. You would be being monitored all the time in your homes. Now, in the 60s, you would say, man, you crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a cool thing to 
read here, that cat has some good imagination. But when they came out with cable television, mm-hmm. this is why they they made you get off of that uh, beta system. We have an old uh, 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 antenna on the roof. Right, right. They made everybody convert over to a digital system. Why did they do that? Oh, yeah, so you can see the television much clearer. Now you can see Fred and Barney. Oh, Barney got yellow hair and Fred got on an orange suit. Mm. No, man. What is the title of this book uh, uh, by Dean Koontz that you were talking about? Yeah, well, it's the name of it. I got right here in my notes. The Eyes of Darkness. The Eyes of Darkness. Okay. Published May 10th, 1981. Yeah. Well, that kind of reminds me. It's kind of like a, a, you know, a reading. If you want to read about the political scenario, you would read books like... uh, the Protocol of Zionism or the Wandering Jew, which was written, you know, 45, 50 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so th- this guy's writing about something back at then that was going to happen, that's happening right now. And and those books, and it's why I always recommend those two books to people, because you see people out here on, on these uh, these media outlets and they're screaming and complaining about stuff. And I said, well, if you look in either one of those books, and they're small books, they're not really that big. In fact, uh, I have the, the Protocol of Zion right in front of me, and it's only like it's only like 280 80 pages. It's a small book. You know, I mean, you can read it in no time, but it lays out a complete framework for how things work in America, how they're going to continue to work, and how they're going to progressively continue this process into 30, not 2020, but into 3020. And Mm -hmm. we're not going to be able to overcome it because it's always going to be three or four steps ahead of us. And so, but people don't want to read this stuff because it becomes disheartening. Because in order to stop it, you have to dismantle the system. This is why they're screaming about, uh, uh, what is it, Sanders? Somebody who's a socialist? Because he's coming up, coming in here talking about ideas that completely wipes out what they have already in place. Mm-hmm. So that he's not going to get elected. And and black folks are running around talking about, oh, Biden, Biden is going to be the savior. Biden ain't been the savior for 60 years. He's been in Congress and the Senate. <laughs> and, and the vice president, he ain't going to save you now. But no. <laughs> the, no, he's been I, running I, for president since when? 1974. I think he's been running yeah. for president. Yeah, so our people are constantly uh, going for this okie doke of, of, of waiting on somebody to you know, let's 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 deal with the status quo. And that's therein lies that, that psychological sickness. It's better to you know, it's like the slave that says, 
come on, Malcolm said, let's run away. He said, no, man, what, what are we going to get something better than what we got here? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> people are right here in this zone where they'll accept Biden or anybody. They, they could have mm-hmm. ran a, a frog and they would have voted for him because they want to maintain the status quo. Donald Trump scared them to death. Bernie Sanders scares them to death on another on another level. You know, he's not as vile as, as Trump, but on another level, he scares them to death. So we're going to continue with what we've been experiencing in this country for the last 400 years and, and, and post-slavery through Jim Crow and up through now. We're going to continue this process and we're not going anywhere. We're not mm-hmm. making any real progress. But people, it's like people believing in this year, uh, uh, Jesus Christ syndrome that's going to come, somebody's going to come and save you. Nobody is coming to save you. Uh, the wisest thing that was ever said to me was when I was studying for the ministry. And I, I met this guy. He was a smart guy. He wasn't an educated guy. And see, that's what we get mixed up at. And I was studying. I was a studier. Man, I was reading books all the time. I don't know how many books I read. and But I couldn't get the answers that I wanted, you know. And so I asked this brother. I said, brother, look, how does one get saved? And he told me, he said, Quaker, put the book down. You know what he told me? He says, quick, who you save yourself. You save yourself by altering your mindset and your thinking. There's nobody coming. There's nobody. This is not the cavalry. Nobody's coming to the rescue. You have to think for yourself. It's just like this virus. We can beat that. But it requires that we begin to change our life to if diet, exercise, drinking plenty of water. And, 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 you know, just maintaining control as much as we can over our lives. That's yeah. the only way we defeat this stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Go and ahead. You just have to do whatever you can to protect yourself. Just like in boxing, we say yes, protect man. yourself at all times. But as you right. know, even in a boxing ring, you can get caught. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you just can't shut down. I mean, how many people... And especially the the poor can just lay at home all day. I'm talking about people who have regular jobs, good people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just can't lay at home all mm-hmm. day and survive because the bills keep coming. The PG&E, the phone, the cable, the rent or the mortgage, the insurance, all that stuff keeps coming. It don't stop because of this damn bug. I wish it would be a bug that would come out to stop these bills from rolling in. That would be a good right. book. Exactly. And then, and, and here's the other thing. I keep wondering, you know, and I know Trump is all about the dollar. And that's why he keeps trying to play this thing down. He comes talking about, well, as soon as the weather changes, this thing is going to die off. Or he keeps trying to infer that somehow in a few short months or weeks, that they're going to come up with a solution because he knows that if this thing continues to escalate the way it is, in fact, he's trying to say uh, there was only, what, 17, 18 cases? And, yeah. and and they said the reason why he told them to halt those ships out there, because as long as they're out there on those ships, they're not counted 
as cases in the United States. I said, well, this doesn't make any sense at all. And you would think that people would see that, but they don't. You know, he still has he still has a lot of support for a man who is is just like a blind leading the blind. <laughs> yeah. And they're gonna keep supporting him because uh, the people think that he sounds just like them. And, mm. and that's and see that's one thing that has happened here in America. Uh, America has been dumbed down, and it's not up to the. Other, like with other nations like Japan and China, even Nigeria. I mean, right. These people, they study and they learn and, and they, they thrive in, in their studies. Uh, but here, you know, man, it's, it's the dumbing down of America. So therefore, you can have uh, uh, a cat like that coming in and running for the presidency and we'll get get the votes from the people, especially those people down in those southern slave states. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, his rhetoric is right up their alley because they don't understand the real issues and stuff. And, and this is why I'm so turned off with politics anyway, mm-hmm. because they only talk about the same thing every right. freaking time. They only got certain talking points that they talk about. The, the abortions and the gay rights, and they'll talk some type of phrases about taxes and and how they're not going to raise taxes. And I think there's one or two other talking points that they talk about. They might talk about military or terrorism or something like that. And that is it. You never hear one politician talking about poverty in America. Okay, we just leave Africa out of it. Poverty right. in America. You never hear them talking about that. You never hear them talking about the betterment of education in America. You never hear them talking about fixing the streets, the roads in mm. America. And what about water purification? And even up there in Flint, Michigan, where the water was so damn shitty, it was turning all brown. You couldn't drink the water. How come they don't, don't, don't discuss that subject as a problem? And, and and the Muslims are supposed to be such bad people in the East, but you still want to keep buying the damn oil from them. Stop buying their oil. Go right. to alternative energy sources. You don't need to be buying all this damn oil from uh, Saudi Arabia and, and Iraq and Iran. You don't need to. It, right. it, you don't have to. And I guarantee you, once you stop buying their oil, those people are gonna stand up and be straight and overnight. Right. Yeah, exactly Stop right. Giving them your damn money. And they yeah. will straighten up quick, fast, and in a hurry. You've got other platforms, alternative energy here you can do. You should have a cat running for president and saying he's gonna issue some executive order into Detroit and all the car manufacturers. We're gonna give you five years to tool up. Or automobiles that don't burn off of uh, off of oil. You got to make uh, totally electric-based cars, and and then you'll start seeing things. And then the people can really relate to this stuff. I don't care if you're black or white or what color you are. Common freaking sense makes sense to people. 
get rid of the damn income taxes in this country. Just go to a value added tax, a VAT, where you just anybody who goes out here and buys anything with the exception of food and medicine, you pay taxes on it, but you don't pay any taxes on anything coming out of your, your paychecks. Eliminate the internal revenue service and, and all these damn tax laws and all that stuff. And all you do is just pay a flat, flat tax based upon your consumption. If you want to go out and buy a $400,000 Rolls Royce, then you, you pay taxes on, on the Rolls Royce. So if you buy your little Volkswagen Beetle, you pay the tax on the Volkswagen Beetle. So it's up to you. You want to buy a plane or a boat or something like that, you pay taxes on, on it at that point in the purchase based upon your ability of your acquisition. And stop taking the money out of people's paychecks. And so now people will have more disposable income. Then they'll turn right around and take their disposable income and then they'll start spending more money out here into the marketplace. And then you'll stop using the IRS as a policing agency to scare the holy hell out of people and send them these letters and say, oh, guess what? You owe us a gazillion dollars from 10 years ago. No, mm. man. You, you got to get back to common sense, which they call common law. Using common right. sense, common law, and get back to the basics and get uh, rid of this artificial valuation in the stock market. I mean, they, they get up here on the television, on the news, and roll all those numbers on, on the stock. Who in the hell knows what all those numbers mean and how they were created? That's it's right, David. Yeah, David's John Doe don't, don't have a clue. It don't make sense to no damn body of what all that stuff is. It's time to get back to common sense and, and, uh, and, and I, I would say eliminate the whole C corporation aspect of doing business where you have uh, people who are not tied to that company coming in and buying stock and now they want you to put more money on the bottom line. And how do you put more money on the bottom line? By eliminating employees and having people there do the work of two, three, and four people and, and just paying one salary out. And you might even give them a decrease and make them do way more work. When you go out here in the stores, and I don't care if you buy a candy bar. I remember when we was growing up, candy bars used to be a nickel. Great big old candy bar. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't shrunk the damn thing down to half the size, and it's $2. Yeah, well, that's, well I, was, I was telling somebody that. I was in the store yesterday. Somebody was buying cigarettes. They keep them locked up behind the counter like they do the liquor in the stores now. Because people steal cigarettes, and cigarettes is twelve, thirteen dollars a pack. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember, but my dad used to send us to the store to get cigarettes from. They were thirteen cent. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man, and yeah, that's right. We could actually go to the store and get them for them, couldn't we? Yeah, we. They, yeah, they all you. Well, if they knew your people, they weren't supposed to, but uh, they, they they weren't as as, as strict now about. You know, uh, uh, selling that stuff. You could actually, if you had the money, you go in there. They give it to you. They might mm-hmm. actually do. Your parents know you smoke or something like that, but uh, they'd sell it to you. Yeah. But see now, now they be on these people so tight now because I used to work in there, in the control thing in in Ohio when I was working for civil service, 
And we was, that's all we did was ride around and check IDs and find out what people are doing and who's selling to who, that kind of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But we have to, uh, it's more important now that we have to find a way to re- educate people, to reach more people. And, and, and we can do that through uh, T25CL Entertainment, but we also have to find other vehicles and connect up the dots. And, uh, you know, which is one of the things that I've been trying to do with the African Resource Center there in Oakland. The next time we have a meeting, I want you to come up there. They have their meetings up there on Martin Luther King. Oh, okay. uh, a bunch of really nice people from all over the planet uh, are going to be there, black people, African people. And we, are, in fact, we're going to be doing a thing down in Sacramento, an art thing down there with them. And, uh, uh oh i think it's may the 27th or something uh 26 or something but anyway it, it's a it's a good collaboration it kind of reminds me of like when in the early days when i come here in the panthers and everybody was jumping off and i was in the all african people's revolutionary party with uh stokely carmichael kwame touring them you know it's got that kind of vibe to it and we have to get back to that because through the All African People Revolutionary Party, a lot of people were educated because they went about the business of, of educating each other on a daily basis. People weren't sitting up watching these TVs and listening and being inundated with this garbage all the time and not no answers. There are answers to these problems, but we have to be open and ready to receive the answers, and we have to be ready to act on it. And also, when you talk about revolution, you have to be ready for the other aspect of it too. They're gonna come after you. They're gonna come after you. You know, I was, I I watched, you know, last night, I I turned on the movie of, of Malcolm X. And you know, one of the things about reading, it's like when I used to read back in the early days, uh, you read a book two or three times and every time you pick up some different pointers. Yeah, yeah. I was was watching this movie and I realized that, you know, this whole conspiracy, this whole conspiracy thing, this whole conspiracy thing uh, uh, between Elijah Muhammad and the CIA was probably real. You know, people throw it out there and say, well, there was some kind of collaboration. But when you started connecting up the dots, this thing was real. And and because Elijah Muhammad wanted to, a, a, a what you call a religious organization, the Muslim. And that's why he was so hard on Malcolm and shut Malcolm down when Malcolm was speaking, because Malcolm was about, OK, it's one thing to talk. It's time to do. You understand? And he wanted to just raise this big organization where he was having money coming in. They was living out on the hog. And the people were just, they were just being slaves to them versus to the white man. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And Malcolm said, hey, if they're out there abusing our people, we have a responsibility to stand up and go out there and do something about it. Because if all we're going to do is talk, what makes being a Muslim any different than being a Jesus worshiper? Yeah, you know, know, you're waiting on the yeah. hereafter. And so yeah. when you l- really look at this stuff, you say, okay, now I get it. I really get what they were trying to do. They, 
uh, uh, it would have been to the advantage of the Muslims and to the CIA who was following Malcolm to collaborate on this deal because all of the cops that were supposed to be on duty there, they were told to stand down that night. So it was all ready in play. A week before Malcolm was supposed to appear there, the CIA rented the, the attic up, up above the stage where he was going to be speaking at. Yeah. What yeah. for? You understand? So, I mean, you know, but this this stuff has to get to people. You know, you have to find ways to educate people that the enemy is these people who you're listening to 23 out of your 24 hours a day. And if you don't stop it, then you're going to be so in, inundated by it. You're either going to be an alcoholic or a drug addict or uh, you're going to destroy yourself or you're going to wind up going to these institutions where they medicate you to death, you know, because it's too much stress for you to deal with. And so you have to, there's no way for you to get out of it. The only true mechanism is, is, is to educate oneself and to be aware of, you know, there's certain passages in the scriptures, even though the white folks stole them and rewrote them, it says that you have a responsibility. God, the creator, gave you and I everything we need to survive on this planet. Everything. All of our, we don't even use the senses. And I remember my grandmother would say, you ain't got the sense you were born with. You know, they used to make statements like that. And because we don't use them. If we start to use those senses, then we will find ways we'll be able to be more creative. Because if you're not using it, creativity is developed out of your senses, your ability to interpret things. Yeah. And so yeah. if somebody else is interpreting everything for you, then for all intents and purposes, your brain dead. You you don't have anything that that's viable. So it's it's something you just said when, yeah. when God gave uh, there's enough resources on the planet to support everybody. And it's true. I mean, it's like when you drive down Interstate 5 going to L.A. Mm -hmm. and, you know, you get down there in that valley, you just see thousands of acres of crops. Mm -hmm. And then you're saying, damn, Africa has better soil than what we have. How come you never see these same thousands and thousands of acres? They got way more land. Mm -hmm much better soil right how come these same thousands of acres is not happening in africa and other uh less industrialized countries that that are that are poor and well, the resources are here to feed the entire planet they say that california can feed the entire planet there's so much agriculture here right well, you know, the, the whole thing of it is, is that, you know, the whole uh, vilification of, of the continent of Africa, you know, is a process too. You know, they had to convince people that nothing exists there because they weren't able to, at the onset, to conquer all of these places. So what do you do? Villarize it, you know? so that people think that there's nothing there. It's like uh, Brother Toby, they went to uh, went to K Kemet uh, and they didn't even realize that 
you know, they are doing everything to starve those people out. The waterways are, are, are blocked. They they went over and changed the straits of water so that people can't raise crops and people have to walk 20 and 30 miles to go get some water and all this kind of stuff. And uh, he said it is against the law for you to to fish in the Nile Valley now. Wow. It's against, you know, so there is a concerted effort to somehow nullify the ability for us to take care of ourselves. And so and and so you got France, you got Britain, you got you got all these different countries. You got Germany, you got Russia, you got Asia is really becoming a, a one of the four more leaders and trying to dominate the scenery in, in, in Africa now. Because what they're doing is they're coming in there just like these people do these predatory loans to people here. They're going over there giving those predatory loans to those people and charging these outrageous interests that they will never be able to pay back. So therefore they can move in and confiscate the land. You know what I'm saying? So uh, until we, we wake up to the process, you know, we're going to continue to participate in it. And I think there was one brother, you remember the brother that used to be on this show when they fired him because he called one of the, one of the people on there a faggot or something. And he went back and he, he, uh, God, watch Isaiah Washington. Mm, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. He, yeah, he went back and he, I saw where he went back and he renewed his, uh, citizenship in, uh, Nigeria, I think it was. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. And so, but, you know, most of these people, man, what he realized when he went through that, he, he would thought he was going to be a star and he is a star. Yeah, but it's good he, re- he, he realized that, all you have to do is to do one thing that turns these people off and they will destroy you. And so he figured out, oh, hey, uh, th- I'm going home. And that's what he did. You know, so we have to teach people that. And like Malcolm said, we're not talking about physically moving in there, but we have to start operating, you know, mentally and psychologically if we were in Africa right now. Because that means that we spend our money with ourselves, we we create by ourselves, we grow our own stuff, and that's the reason why they they reneged on that four acres of the mule. If you could feed yourself and take care of yourself, you don't need them. So we are in a way we we thought by uh, being able to go to these cities and get these jobs that somehow that was the the road to freedom. The road to freedom was what the people in post-slavery come up with, because a lot of them came out of there with land, you know? Why does a place like Mexico, where they sneak all these people across the border, and once again, Mexico has good soil as well, too. Why doesn't Mexico just say, the hell with the United States, we can grow crops down here. Right. Plenty of land. They're surrounded by water, salt water, but they can do desalinization. Why mm-hmm. don't they just start growing crops in Mexico and start exporting food to other countries? Well, you know, and they always say that it's 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 written in crime, but that crime is predicated on the interactions with the United States and other countries, because all those so-called drug cartels and so forth. Guess who they're selling the drugs to? The United States of America. 
So if the United States made it, you know, you don't have to put up no wall. They wouldn't be coming here if the things weren't so devastating there. If the United States, if they, the wall that they could put up is to stop participating in organized crime, therefore people in Mexico wouldn't be running over here. They wouldn't have any need to. They could, no. Yeah. Yeah. They they would be doing they'd be working. Matter of fact, it would be a mass exodus from California and mm-hmm. Texas and Arizona for these people going back home. And and, he, they, and even yeah, and even so, a lot of them now they come here and they work for a while, make enough money to go back and and buy whatever they're going to buy, a little piece of land, and live cheap, and they get out of here because they see that no matter how much they work here. They're never going to uh, achieve. They see what they, just like we have always known that the American dream is the American nightmare. Once you get in here and realize what you're up against. And I mean, do they realize the powers that they have? I mean, if, if the Mexicans turned around, let's just say right there in LA alone and walked out of the hotels, the farms and went back to Mexico, they would lock this place down yeah yeah right now and i was i've I've watched a special uh uh called who feeds america have you seen it i I saw it being advertised on the television yeah man it was real interesting because these people really basically control the the food chains if they shut down no restaurants no no hotels no resorts no, nothing would be able to operate. Nothing. And even the housing, new construction. Right. And this is the power base that no no gardeners for the rich folk. That's All right. All that stuff shuts down. And so what would happen if the Mexicans just booked up, unified, went to Mexico, and took all these skills into Mexico and started building that country up? What would California do for the production of food, what would California do for hotels and so forth, and the restaurants, the dishwashing, and so forth, so forth. I mean, it, it would be worse than this virus. Oh, it went, went, without a doubt. But see, the thing about it, it's to the U.S.'s advantage for for organized crime to, to exist throughout Mexico, Nicaragua, and all the other places where they have been vested, you know, in in the drug smuggling and all the different things that they do. So what they, you know, the only way to offset that is for people to take their funds and go back. But the U.S. is a contributor to organized crime around the world. From the Vatican on down, from Israel on down, from Russia on down. And, and African people are the only ones who are not at the top of the food chain in organized crime. Well, what they do in Africa, they go in and put up a stooge as a president. And well, that's what I'm saying. Him. Yeah, they, but, they, but, but see, we're not in control of that. We have stooges. We have stooges that they set up uh, uh, to operate. And they do the same thing that they want them to do because they know that they can't do it. You know, so uh, as long as we sell out, long as the dollar, and, and somehow we're taught and educated 
that this so-called paper dollar, this green dollar, is the key to success or the key to happiness or the key to joy. As long as we have that ideology in our mindset, it's very difficult for people not to sell out. Because if you go, say you and I were uh, Americans, we were white Americans, and we had billions and trillions and trillions of dollars, and we wanted to go to Africa and invest, we could find somebody that would sell out to us. You understand what I'm talking about? It would not because you're going to go in places where people are starving, where people don't have proper Medicare, they don't have food, uh, they have to walk miles and miles, they have to, you know, they don't have fresh water. So it would not be a far. It's just like the, what they did in the in the ghettos here. You come in the ghetto, it ain't no problem to get somebody to deal your drugs for you. Why? Because first of all, black men ain't got jobs. Women couldn't get jobs. I was looking at, that was another aspect. I was looking at that thing last night, that you, all the prostitution that was going on in Harlem. And the, all, all of the guys were running numbers. Black men and black women couldn't get jobs. So guess what they're going to do? They're going to do the next best thing to survive. And so when these people go to Africa and go in there with their so-called investments, it's easy to get somebody to sell out because they're they doing bad, they're starving, they're living from hand to mouth, as they say. And so it's now uh, a, a situation where it's necessary for us to, we have to really change the whole dynamic around uh, interpretation, how to utilize our senses and how to, you know, what is the word that a, a browder always say, man know thyself. If we Ooh. teach people about themselves, who they are, then we have a chance to educate them about how to move forward and, 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 and making this system be null and void in terms of uh, how we interact with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Doc, we've covered a lot of stuff today. We've covered this disease. We've covered global poverty. We've covered crime. I mean, it's it's and, on and on, brother. It's on and on. It's on and on. And we just have to keep doing this and have to be more relevant. And one of the things that I I'm committed to do in 2020 is to find ways to get more people uh, uh, attached to what we're trying to do. But the workshop that I'm going to be doing out there in, in May, uh, you know, I want to have stuff to pass out from T25 for them there and for Family Solutions and also for, for, for the school uh, in Sacramento. So we have to find ways to, to put that stuff. And that's what I'm doing with the, 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 the group there in Oakland, you know, the African Resource Center, is we have to make this stuff available. People have to know that there are people out there who are fighting back, you know, because when people see other people fighting back, they want to join in, you know. But when they see everybody going through these emotions that they go through every day, just these survival uh, processes, then they tend to think, well, I guess that's what we just have to do. And we don't have to do that. We have to inspire and motivate people that they don't have to do this. You do what you have to do to eat, but you must maintain control over your own philosophy about life and what you're going to participate in and what you're not going to participate in. It's time for a true revolution. That is the only aspect of, of, of uh, Sanders' campaign. And that's what they're afraid of because 
they're afraid of his thing because it says revolution. Because they know that what's really needed is a true revolution. Although that's not a true revolution that he's talking about. But they don't want those ideas out there because people gravitate toward them. Even them little white kids go out there and, and want to talk about revolution when Bernie Sanders is saying it. But they don't know what real revolution is going to look like. Right, right. And, Doc, I, I feel like uh, that story in the Bible of Noah. Mm. When uh, he's reaching out to people, hey, come help me build this boat. Now, mm. the desert. now, I'm not even getting into it if it's true or not. It's a story. If it's, it's story, a story. Yeah. If it's, yeah. If it's true, great. And if it's not, okay. But just follow just the, uh, the, the meaning of the story. He's reaching out to the people to help mm. him build a boat because you know this weather is getting ready to get pretty tired mm -hmm. and so we're not going to have this dirt to lay on so we're going to need a device that's going to float on top of this impending flood and the people laughed at it yeah and, well it doesn't it doesn't make any different whether it's true it's an allegory and and the reason why people created stories and allegories were to motivate and inspire people yep and that's what's supposed to take place you know and so, yeah, that's what we have to keep doing because uh, everybody who's ever been creative or made any major change on this planet, the rest of the world thought they was crazy. Those people thought Noah was nuts. That's right. They said, man, yeah, get out of here with that crap, you know? So they're going to think we crazy because I have people tell me, man, you guys are crazy to keep doing this. People ain't interested in that no more. I said, well, aren't you interested in your own sanity? Aren't you interested in where your kids or your grandkids are going to be psychologically in the next 25, 30, 40 years? You know, and people sure. are just not the we we have adopted this motto and it's a bad one. And, and, and you know, where people say, I'm I'm living for the day. I'm living for 24 hours. I got right here right now. But that's not life. If you're just living for today, you have no purpose for the future. You know, Doc, it's just like when we were sitting at that panel the other day, you know, we really just went up there just to really just look at the office space mm -hmm. and then, you know, then it turned into a panel discussion. Mm -hmm. But during that discussion, it was just hitting me, okay, here we go again, talking about, uh, okay, how black folks, how we need to get our act together. And yeah. now, now, now check out, let's just say if we had a trillion dollars at our disposal, that whereas we don't have to talk about black folks getting ourselves together, is we got a, a project going here, we got a project going over here, and we need people to come work for us with pay. So our phones would have been blowing up day and night ever since we left there. If you have money in place, and you got projects ready to go and for everybody in that room to come and make money off of off of our endeavors right and see this is the same thing like with the noah situation when that boat got finished here comes the water i'm pretty sure that everybody's charging at that brother man let me on yeah well that there is a similar uh, story. I think I've told you about it before. There's a book out called Faces at the Bottom of the Well. Uh -huh. written, 
uh, Faces at the Bottom of the Well. It's written by Derek Bell. He's the first uh, uh, black uh, professor who was the president at Harvard University. He wrote a book called Faces at the Bottom of the Well. It's a very similar story. A lot of people don't know it because, you know, they don't associate very well. You know, if you if you look if you look at the Noah story, and you look at Faces at the Bottom of the Well, it's very similar because in Faces at the Bottom of the Well, he was warning people that right now, but we were living in the sixties and the seventies where we were doing space travel, and these people are trying to go out and set up uh, craft on the moon and all these different places so they can move to them, and and one of the premise behind it was that uh, the the environment is becoming so stagnated that people, it's not going to be uh, beneficial for human life in the near future. It's like now they're talking about climate control. But what happened was that they had these so-called Uncle Tom brothers and sisters who were running around uh, uh, pacifying people with these messages of the hereafter. And and at the same time, they were, they were connected to these people who run this year global thing and he said well wait when we get ready to go we taking you all with us you know and it it just so happened that when they were getting ready to take off when the world became uh so it wasn't inhabitable and they get ready to go and they realized that we don't have enough spaceships to take all you people so we're gonna have to leave you and that's what the <laughs> so like noah <laughs> they didn't they couldn't take the people on there they already had the boat overloaded and so, yeah, this right. So it's the same story all over again. I'm sure that many people have written stories like that. Uh, yeah, but I wrote something like that in uh, Brain Freeze. I don't know if I ever gave you one of those books. No. Uh, yeah, but I have to get. I only got one copy. I got to order some. You know, so whenever we start doing displays and having workshops and stuff, then I have all that stuff out there, and we can talk about it. But. It's the same thing. We have to keep reiterating the message. That's why you can read somebody who is an author uh, back 60, 70 years ago, and then you come up to 60, and somebody rewrote it, that they just put another little spin on it, and just like Noah's Ark. It, it, the, the tale keeps getting spin to continue to try to motivate and, and elevate people's thinking about what they need to do to save themselves. Because all they needed to do was just go out there and build a boat. Yeah. But they were they were so blind and stupid uh, running after whatever was going on. So I ain't got time to build no boat. I'm going out here and get high. Yeah, man. <laughs> build a boat. We out here in the desert, man. What are you talking about? What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> it, it just reminded me so much of Noah the other day. And when we talking to poor folks and all we want to do is unify ourselves and do business together. Mm -hmm. But... Um, it's it's just man, our people, our people, our people, and I say it all the time. We had more unity during slavery and post-slavery up until the 1950s, 1960s, and lingering on into the 70s somewhat than we do now. Since 1980 to now, we just do not have that family structure anymore. We don't have the brother-sister relationship anymore and the whole structure of us has just been systematically destroyed and then like, oh, why how did that happen well I, I would say first of all it started out with crack and then uh the, the rap music and, and that right. i think that put the, the topping on it 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. Everything has to be nurtured. And you like to say, if you don't nurture your children, you lose them to the environment. If you don't nurture, nurture a relationship or a marriage, it's going to break up. And and that's just that those are just the laws of nature. You know, if you plant something in the ground and you don't water it, it ain't going to grow. And but so the thing of it is, we've had a negative growth with destructive elements. Right. And destructive right. elements is like the, the crypts and the bloods, and then also with this music that makes money. Here right. Is, this this hip hop stuff. It may not mean a damn to you and me being older, mm -hmm. but these youngsters get out here and suck it up, and mm -hmm. these little young hip hoppers become millionaires behind making this music. It's not even music, but whatever and, uh, it's called. Some of it, some of it, some of it is so far into the garbage lane till you wonder why would anybody even sit down and listen to it. Because it has a negative impact with us as a people, it's destructive, mm -hmm. and so therefore, you know, it's it's like what what would have happened if Nat Turner would have had and Denmark Vesey would have had the guns that they have on the streets right now? They would have used it on an open enemy, but now we are so jacked up behind the crack and the crypts and the blood and the hip hop that the weapons now, you don't point them at enemies, you point it at each other, somebody who looks like you and me. And this is yeah. how we have just changed so much over the past 160 years, the destruction that, that we're as the real enemy that we perceive it to be is the same people that looks like us in the mirror. And this has been the, the systematic destruction mm -hmm. of the black man and woman in, in America. All right. Uh, well, yes, brother, we certainly have covered a lot of subject matter today. Yeah, and uh, sure. it's, it's, it's good because I think we ought to continue to do it. We just need to get more people engaged and, and on a consistent basis. Because to me, the one thing that that we don't do. You can hear a lot of the kind of dialogue that you and I are having today, but we don't hear it consistently from all of these people we associate ourselves with. It, that's what it has to be about. That's that's one thing I remember about the the African People Revolutionary Party. That was our life. We didn't even go outside of that circle. We studied together. We socialized together. We ate together, but the, the the conversation was always about revolution. You know, it was always about revolution. What are we going to do? What are we going to do here? What are we going to do there? What are we going to do next week? But it was always something going on that would keep moving us another step forward. And, Brother, and <laughs> I'm going to tell you something, man. <laughs> what you, based around what you're saying right now, I'm not, I'm not getting off the subject matter. Mm -hmm. It's that these brothers yeah, but they, they know me. They know who I am. I know who they are. They started this chat thing in Messenger. Mm -hmm. So they communicate with one another and they respond to one another. But mm -hmm. what they're doing is they're putting up the videos of these women getting boned and another video of a dude.
dude boning a snake. Putting yeah, they be putting, they say, hey, I, I tell you, they send some yeah. weird stuff to you, man. Yeah. I, I have to just shut them down, you know. And what I did was I put the link to this show on that on on that site twice. I put it on there before the show came on the day, and yes. I put it out there yesterday for these cats to channel their energies towards this show this morning. Mm-hmm. And even one of the brothers even called me this morning. Right. Remind him of this show. They go, oh, man, my computer is, is going down, man. Yeah. And, uh, and yep. you know, not one of them have called into this show. But right mm-hmm. now, I just switched over to their little chat thing. And they're mm-hmm. chatting back and forth in a right. destructive type manner, man. Yeah. They they like they, they get off on that stuff, man. Because I have to tell people sometimes, I say, if they, if you don't have nothing to say, relevant to us moving forward, don't send me no nothing else, you know, because that's what they're about, and you know they try to make it be real, and that's what uh, the uh, uh, Malcolm and all of us always talked about was being able to distinguish the real from the unreal. They choose to live in an unreal environment. I want to be in a real environment where I have some say-so in determining factors around my life. And and it seems like a simple process to you and I, but to them, that's like foreign. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? But yeah, man, it's, it's been great again. It's uh, been you know? good. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. I know. So uh, uh, come on Tuesday night. Uh, we're gonna be back at it again, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be dig, doing some research on some stuff because I want to find out, you know, all of these different places that are invested in 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 Africa so heavily, and and have that as part of the discussion so people can understand the how these people have manipulated the whole process globally to take over Africa so that it's non-existent. It won't be called Africa anymore. It'll be called uh, South Britain or South Russia. <laughs> like they do the middle, the middle east or something yeah, yeah. you know you, you speak on that real quick and i know we got to shut down you know one one day I, I pulled up on the computer asia i want to know what countries are all inclusive of asia mm-hmm. do you know that the area that they call the middle east is i know asia it's with, asia with the exception of one country Israel. Israel is a part of Africa. Yeah. Well, see, well, that's the whole thing. That that is Africa. That Middle East is Africa. It is. But to okay. people now who have studied, you know, and the thing about it is, is that they've studied from people who have written Africa out of the equation. That's basically yeah. what they did. They wrote books, and it's just like when they go into Kemet uh, uh, now and try to say, well, these people were probably white that created this. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, they migrated, blacks migrated there later. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And if you if you read a lot of historians, if they're British, you can tell usually where they're from, they're German, or they're British, uh, you know, some of those people. And they all it's always slanted. Even to, they would use terminologies like, uh, a black woman, she's comely, she's dark but comely. They wouldn't even want to say that a black woman was beautiful. You know what I'm saying? 
and, and, and you notice that in there, it may have nothing to do with history except the fact that they're trying to show that somehow blackness is is not good. Uh, did you see the part of the movie with Malcolm X where him and the guy was looking up uh, black and white in, in Webster's Dictionary? Yeah, yeah, when he was in jail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and, and and he said, Well, Malcolm said, Well, white folks wrote this book. And he said, That's what I'm trying to tell you. You read that stuff. And a lot of people say, I'm not gonna read that stuff because I know it's slanted, but you need to read that stuff to understand that dynamic, where they're coming from. They're mm-hmm. promoting themselves off as being the leaders and the creators of the world, and that they are God. They actually believe that they are the God. They don't believe that they're gods, but they've taken on the mantra when they came into Kemet, and we were referred to ourselves and our leaders as gods. We're not talking about the creator of the universe, but gods because of their contribution to humanity. And so they said, hey, you know, that's why the first white European pharaoh that was in in Kemet, when he came in there after Alexander and them invaded, he said, well, look here, I want to be consecrated as a god. And the bishops there said, well, wait a minute, you don't, you don't even belong here. We can't consecrate you as no god. And so what they started doing, they started killing people and cutting people's heads off the same way that the Muslims did when they came into Africa. If you don't accept Islam, they killed you. Yeah. And so that's what they started doing. That's how it transformed to uh, the, the first uh, white pharaoh that was in Kemet. Uh, his name was uh, Mary Amon Serapis. Have you ever heard of Serapis? Yes. <laughs> this guy was, was the first European pharaoh in Kemet. Mm. And, and, oh, man, he was dangerous. I mean, you know, and uh, to the point where people were afraid to death. And that's why people, that's where the indoctrination started. So when people go to talking to me about 400 years of slavery, uh, to me, that's a misnomer. Because this stuff started a couple thousand years ago. Oh, and so, yeah, 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 and yeah. so if we don't start looking at it from a few thousand years ago, then we only have a tip of the iceberg in terms of information that and it, it becomes even more difficult for us to relate to it. Yeah, that's why the let's see, we have to kind of extract the American slavery versus Slavery. Yeah, slavery's been around for centuries. Yeah, been been around for a long time. Yeah. But this yeah. American slavery, there's nothing. It ain't been nothing like this one. Well, it was nothing like this this kind of slavery because it was it was customary during uh, so-called historical biblical time. Whenever somebody was in a war, you fought against somebody, and you were captured. You 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 had to serve a certain amount of servitude for a certain amount of years, and then you were let go. You know, or either you were able to raise up through the ranks in that society, you know, and color was not an issue. Color became an issue when the Europeans come in there. And and so they figured out, wow, you know, these people here, we we have to find a way to to nullify them, because if we don't, then they're going to take over the whole planet, especially when they come in and saw all of the creative stuff that was being done by African people from Ethiopia, from, you know, from the Congo, all through there, all through that Nile Valley. There was stuff going on there thousands of years ago. And in fact, they watched the White House. All of these buildings are copied from 
uh, buildings that was put up in the Kemet. Yeah, yeah, the Washington Monument. Yeah, all of this stuff. Uh, Cleopatra's Needle that sets up there in the park in uh, in, in New York. Mm-hmm. They brought that over here on a ship. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? So, oh, why did you hear that the first the the, well, the the Statue of Liberty was built in France? Yeah, the first one was black. It was a black woman. Yes. <laughs> and, and I think they sent that thing. They said, "Oh man, what you doing?" Man? Yeah, yeah, you got to you got to take that down. See, no, and so no, that's why it's so important, man. That's why I'm a hop on history for people because if you're studying uh, uh, their version of history, you're being misled. I don't care what college you're going to. I don't mm -hmm. care if you're going to Harvard or where the hell you're going. You're not studying history until you find ways to uh, find yourself. Because like when I was, I, I signed up, I went to the University of San Francisco one semester. And one of the classes that I was taking, the reason why they, they asked me to leave, they, was, was, uh, they, they had a class on African history. And so I signed up for that class, you know, because I wanted, and I got in there and I found out they was teaching about slavery in this country. And so I challenged, I didn't challenge the professor. I just told him I stood up in class after we'd been going to that class about three or four settings. And uh, I told him, I said, look, sir, I said, I don't mind paying to go to school here because it was kind of expensive, you know? Mm -hmm. I said, but I don't need to come here and pay you guys to learn about slavery. I thought this was a course in African history. And he said, well, this is what we teach here. I said, yeah, but you're promoting it as African history. Yeah. And he yeah. he told me, I'll sign your paper and you can get out of my class right now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, yeah. we going on and on with this stuff. Yeah, right I know, man. Yeah. Yeah, here it is. We've been on here, what, uh, an hour and 59 minutes. And, uh, yeah. Well, I've been streaming for an hour and 59 minutes, but yeah. you know, man, but this has been a very enlightening conversation. I just hope that the people listen to the replay of the yeah. show, too. And that's some things we can do as well, send out the replays to people so they can get enlightened a little bit. But once right, again, man. it's the black-on-black -black corporate crime. Um, yeah. They don't tune in. And, man, I'm just telling you, brother, it's our, our people in bad shape. And I just, and I've said it before, and I've dared people to challenge me on it, that the black movement is is over. It's over. Yeah, it's over. You know, the, the, the movement now has to be in the undercurrent where you're really educated. And what they used to say back in the day, one soldier at a time, because uh, uh, the media, the way that it's, it's, it's outlined now, that no matter what you're putting out, it's being overridden by all this garbage that people are participating in. If they participated in a quarter of the energy that they put into that stuff, if they put it into self-awareness, we'd be a different group of people, man. Oh, man. You, you just reminded me of another quick story. I got a call yesterday from a friend of mine. And mm -hmm. On a Friday in the afternoon, uh, she's getting ready to go to Bible study in, in the middle of the day on Friday. I said, what? You had a Bible study? Yeah. I said, uh, who's moderating this? She said, oh, no, it's just a group of you just getting around and, and we're just reading out of the Bible. Okay. I said, here, what you got to do is if you're going to do that, first of all, wherever you're reading from, you got to establish 
who the players are in that period of time, a date stamp, what period of time in the geographical location, so it would make sense. Oh, no, we don't do that. We just mm. Well, who's yeah. there going to be interpreting what you're reading? Uh, nobody. We're just going to read. Yeah. And that's what they do. I Man, when I was a minister in the church, I was still a minister, but when I used to work with a, a, a big old preacher out there in East Oak, I had a big church. And, oh, uh, man, when I would start to breaking this stuff down from a, a you know, a perspective of thousands of years ago and started to getting them to question the reason why these things were said in the Bible, he really turned off a man. He, me and him was really good friends, you know, mm-hmm. until I, you know, I, he put me in there as the associate pastor. But then he wanted, well, I want you to get up here in the pulpit now and take over for me on Sundays. When I started doing it and telling the people the truth, he got pissed. He turned off on me. I said, well, let me leave this alone. And I, I went to a number of churches and, and, and preached that, man. And they, uh, they, you know, the men used to say, yeah, man, we agree with you, but the women don't want you back here no more. <laughs> you know, that reminds me, man, of a, a family reunion we had, I think this might have been 25, 30 years ago. And this is on another side of my family. It's heavy Christian, heavy Christian. And we got all kind of Christian ministers on that side of the family. And do you know that the the matriarch of the family asked me, who was not a Christian, to come up and give the opening prayer? Mm. And I'm still tripping on that to this very day. Why that happened? That question will never be answered. So why would they want me to come up to give the opening Prayer, and you got preachers in the room. Yeah, well, that's part of that indoctrination, you know, because I know that when I first got into it, a lot of people used to put me on the spot like that. But I would go up there and do a generic prayer that didn't have nothing to do with their concept of spirituality. Oh, I had to you do know? the same thing. Yeah, I had to do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, but you know what? I didn't take that in a negative sense now. I took it as an honor. And, yeah, it's and, an honor to be doing it, but you, you have to understand that when people ask you to do this stuff and they're kind of trying to, where there are people in there who might agree with you, they won't agree with you openly. You know what I mean? I think, it was, so, another, I think it was another issue going on, Doc. There's another underlying issue because an aunt of mine at, at another situation said, will you come to the church and preach? Because that preacher ain't teaching us nothing. Oh, she, yeah. I, I used to get that a lot, man. I used to get that I'm a not, lot. I'm not a preacher, Doc. I'm not a preacher. Well, I mean, it, it, well you have to understand what a preacher is. It's, I, I'm a reverend. And what a reverend does is, is determine is, is you reveal information to people. So you are a preacher. You, you, you're Re- reviving stuff for people to un- and helping them to understand it. That's what that really means. And uh, the thing about it is it's not enough uh, uh, of us, you know, where you can become a force because I've been in almost every church in Oakland at one time or another. And I've spoken at a couple of them. And, and, and so what they do 
Uh, in fact, I got a couple of buddies that tell me that they're locked in. They just stay there because they're getting their money. I had a mm-hmm. good buddy up in Pittsburgh, got a church up there, and it's, it's packed. But he said they won't let him teach what he want to teach him. He said the minute he get off a course, they'll be talking about replacing him. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Mm-hmm. So I, I figure why go in there if you got to live in enough circumstances. <laughs> and they want you to lie to them, Doc. They, yeah, they, they do. They want you to keep them asleep. They want you to keep uh, teaching the same old thing as that slave master, Calcutt, and he wrote that book that I keep referencing, yeah. How to Make a Negro Christian. And yeah. they want you to be, you know, just lulled to sleep with it because this guy well, that said that's what made the, 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 the slaves docile. Yeah, and, but, but that's the whole objective, you know, is to, to them, you're pacifying them. You're reinforcing this year, unverified stuff to them, so it pacifies them until the next Sunday. You know what I'm saying? So somebody keep coming in every Sunday, laying that rap on them, and they come out of that time. Well, the preacher show preach good, and I used to meet them outside the church after we'd preach on Sunday, and I'd stand out on the steps and I said, "What you get out of the sermon today?" You know, and well, it was good. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, the choir was good. Yeah, it was yeah. good, and the word was strong, uh, but most of them didn't wasn't even aware of what actually went on. It was a place where they come and they feel secure for a few hours on Sunday, you know. Yeah. And that's the same message that my uncle was trying to tell them. You know, hey, you've been in church all day. When you come out here, you still ain't got no job. You still walk around. Our women are still being prostitutes. Our kids are still being drug addicts. You know. Yeah. So yeah. it. it is is they 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 not going there for the truth? They going there yeah. for the, the women are going there to try to find a husband. The yeah. men they got the advantage over the vulnerable women, and and they got to compete with the preacher because they know that the women are checking him out because he's a great orator of the word, and so our women love. They don't give a damn what he's saying. It's just that he's a great orator of the word, and, and as long as he got yeah. on, uh, as long as he got on an expensive suit and looked sharp, and, yeah. you know, uh, he's yeah. on, brother. That's yeah. it. And they're, and they're just vibing on the cadence of of of, of his word, not the right. substance of what he's saying. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's just, it's the cadence and how he he come out and walk up and down the aisle and get people to clapping and all that stuff. And half the people sitting in there, they can't even, you know, don't have a clue about what's going on. They just, right now, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, you know, they just feel like they're going to meet Jesus. Yeah. That's what okay. yeah. Keep setting. <laughs> I, I think some of them just go there just in case this stuff is true. And, you know, maybe I'll have a chance in the day of judgment. And so I'm going yeah. to church as an insurance policy just in case this thing has a degree of realism to it. And so yeah. I got a record that I went to this church. Man, look, yeah, in fact, in fact, I got a good friend of mine that she was very, very religious, you know. And you know, where in the Bible, I forget what place it is where it say how many is going to be saved. It's only about what seven hundred and seventy thousand or something. Yeah, it's actually going to be one hundred forty-four thousand. Yeah. She she believes that she's going to be one of the ones that's taken up in the rapture, and you can't tell her nothing else. Yeah, but see, what they don't understand is that that 144,000 is is a representation of those who heard the message, those who tune in to Galaxy Talk Radio and hearing the message, and they're going to be the ones that's going to be chosen to square up the planet. 
That's right. Those are the ones that are going to be lifted up. You're going to be you're going to be lifted up by your awareness of who you are and where you come from. Yes, sir. Hotel, brother. Hotel, Doc. And I'll catch up with you a little later and we can talk about the, the event the other day. And I think me and you and Gregory probably need to talk about some things, too. OK. All right. All right. All right. All right. So Hotel and I slowly. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.